Hey everyone, my name is Christine Kreischer and I'm one of the pastors at GT Church and your host for the Growing Together podcast where we bring you new episodes every Wednesday to give you a midweek boost of encouragement and inspiration that'll motivate you to finish your week strong and to live out your faith because that is what it's all about, especially as we're in this red letter challenge and talking about the words of Jesus. We can't just be hearers of the word, we need to be doers of the word and so I'm so excited about um, the series that we're in right now but today we are hanging out with pastor scott kramer the new lead pastor of gt church sounds so weird to say that does it sound weird to hear it scott it does it sounds very unusual yeah it is it's very surreal yeah i bet yeah Yeah. well i'm excited to have this conversation with you today because we just spoke a couple minutes ago and i said you know what let's just take some time sometimes we are so quick to just move on right like okay this happened now we move on to the next thing and my word um you know in honor of my father for the past several years since he passed has been um past couple of years since he passed has been savor like that was his big thing like savor savor food savor people savor moments and so i thought you know what rather than just like business as usual. Let's just take some time to savor um, this moment. And this this is a big moment in the history of GT. I mean, Brian was the lead pastor of GT for 29 years, which is almost unheard of. Um, And so you were elected this past Sunday as the new lead pastor of GT. It's a historic moment in the life of your family too, right? Like it's a really big deal. And so um, let's just talk about that. Let's talk about whatever you want to say, like talk about (laughs) Sunday. How was, what did that feel like? Yeah, You know, let me start with Sunday morning because, you know, my family kept asking me, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Are you nervous? I'm like, I guess I should be because you keep asking me. Like, stop asking me. Right? Like, I don't, because I don't like to ask people if they're nervous because if they weren't previously nervous, then now they're going to think, well, maybe I should be nervous and they'll be nervous. Like, right. I don't ask, I've never asked people, even my sons and athletes, like, I don't ask them, are you nervous? Because then they're, if they're not, then I probably just sabotage their non nervousness. Yeah, you planted <laughs> that seed and now it's like, right. Like, if that's a thing, I don't know. But um, wait, yeah, so, so, not, so were you nervous? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I honestly, I wasn't, I was so, um, cause I do get nervous when I preach at times, you know, Easter, I, I was like, really like, cause it, Easter felt like a really big moment. Cause I had never preached Easter and Easter is like the super bowl of right. the church and preaching Easter was, I was, I definitely felt tense inside. I, I don't know if it came out that way, but I felt no. like, like, oh man, I just felt, I was really pressing on myself for Easter Sunday. Cause I wasn't yet elected either. So people are like, they're grading, at least in my brain, they're grading me, you know, that's just, yeah. again, in that, that, that self-reflective world that we all live in, like, yeah, th- those are the things that are in my brain, like, wow, like, I better, um, I better knock it out of the park, it's Easter, like, this is a big deal, <laughs> and well, so I, me, I was, I was pressing on Easter quite a bit. I was gonna say, let, let's just save that moment for a second, because <laughs> like, I don't know if it came across that I was tense, I texted you right away and told you, like, talk about grading yourself, like, a plus. I mean, it was your passion was undeniable. Um, your, I think it was so so clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I know, I told you last week personally for me it was my brother was watching, didn't know he was going to be tuning in, and he yeah. was watching, and he's been struggling <clears throat> so much. 
and he waved the white flag of surrender. And, um, yeah. and then this past Sunday, he, he tunes in again during your message when you said, today is your day. If you have not surrendered to Jesus Christ, you yeah. know, now is the time. And he typed in the, in the chat. Um, he lives in Florida. He typed in the chat and said, I surrender. I surrender right now. And it was just a huge moment in his life. And there were many, many people that gave their, their lives to Christ that day and surrendered yeah. to Christ that day. And even this past Sunday. So it was incredible, incredible. So that, sorry, yeah. just. I appreciate that. You know, and, and I'm getting better at turning off the self-talk while I'm on the stage. Like that, you know, every, if you're, if you do public speaking anywhere, you like, you know, that you can have a full-blown self-conversation in your head while you're, <laughs> while you're presenting what you're presenting. Like, and so mm -hmm. I've, I'm getting better at turning that off and not like just going after what I'm there for. Like, like turn off the self-talk. I'll deal with that later. And just man, I'm here because I'm passionate about God's word and mm -hmm. I believe it can help the people listening. And that's just so I, once I get over like, wow, this is Easter Sunday, what a big moment for me in this church. Like once I get past that, then I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm gone for it. Like this is, I'm just gonna, I'm passionate about the word and what Jesus did for us. So I just got to live in that moment. So that yeah. was kind of where it started for me. Then this Sunday, I didn't feel, honestly, I didn't feel an ounce of nerves. And I think I, Part of that was because I, I, I just felt so passionate about like, this is a big deal. Like this, what I want to share is so, it's so foundational. Like number one, it shouldn't be shocking to anybody that this is what right. I say, like, but I didn't feel any press at all to like, this is where GT will be in 10 years. No, let's, let's just be in the moment. Like this is who we need to be right now as a church, yeah. both corporately and individually. And I felt like God gave me that message during the interview process, actually, those wow. four things were in my heart probably five weeks ago. And so I knew what I was going to share on that, what they call the candidating Sunday, five or six weeks ago. I didn't write the whole message, but I knew like, mm -hmm. this is where I'll land, you know, for that day. So I didn't, I walked on the stage just like with a real sense of calm um, and trusting for God's will to be done in my life and in the life of the church. I really, my wife and I are just like, we're just going to believe God for his will. And if, if the church doesn't elect me today, then we receive that as the will of God too. And we'll ask God what's next for us. Cause I have felt called to lead a church for, you know, some time, but I felt very calm and very excited at the same time to share what I shared on Sunday. So, Aww, so Sunday fun. morning was cool. And yeah, my, my kids were, you know, we're, it's just, it's a, it's a surreal moment. Like it's still surreal. Like it's been surreal this whole season. It's just been kind of an, uh, like out of like mind experience. There's been a lot of surrealness to it, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it was uh, so obvious. Kate was so emotional when Kate's standing next to you, at, yeah. you know, um, when you were elected, did she say something to you? What was that like? You know, for us, honestly, it, it, it's so much of it goes back to December 1st, 2002, when we felt called to ministry, because we were very content. And, and this feels so long ago now for us, it's 18 years ago, but that moment, you talk about savoring moments, that moment has been an anchor in our lives since like, that was such a, a turning point in our lives. And we always in our own personal marriage, we look back on that moment and just remember all the time, like, this is what God said to us and called us into ministry. Like what? Like, cause I was working at Lucent, I was in engineering and 
I was, I loved my job. I wasn't looking for a change. I wasn't seeking to go into ministry. I was volunteering at the church and leading ministry, but I was very happy as a volunteer doing that. I had no intention of going into full-time ministry. So when we felt God call us, it was like, well, now what? Like, what do we do? And Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk that whole process, but back to like the moment on the stage when Kate's, you know, crying a puddle, literally a puddle on the stage, she's remembering that like wow. 18 and a half years ago, we sat together 10 rows back, middle right section at Brooklyn Tabernacle and felt the call of God in our lives. And she was bawling that day. <laughs> like, and I was crying. I don't cry much, um, but I was crying that day when we were called to ministry, like, God, what just happened? And so when we stand on the stage and we've been elect, we've been elected because she's my partner. Like I've been elected as a new lead pastor of my home church, succeeding my pastor who led the church for 29 years. That's a surreal emotional moment. So yeah, that's what was probably happening in our, that was what was happening in our minds. Like we're, we're thinking this, this is like, man, we've, we've believed for this and I've always thought for years it would be an honor to succeed Brian and lead this church. I grew up here. I love this church. I love the people. I love the staff. Like I've always felt like it would be an honor to be his successor, but I didn't know that that would be the case. So when it actually happens and we remember the calling, we're like, God, you're faithful and just overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah. Mm, That's awesome. Do you remember the first time where that you thought to yourself, I could actually be like the lead pastor of GT one day? Yeah, I would say that probably goes back to, I mean, seven or eight years ago, actually, Christine, um, you know, when Brian invited me to become the executive pastor, we would have occasional, like sporadic conversations about the future. And I was, I'm 47 now, I was 40 years old and, you know, always thinking about like the future and what's God calling my life now. And you know, we would have conversations about like the future and Brian would say to me, you know, you know, Scott, maybe someday you'll be the successor here and you'll lead the church. So the thought was planted by Brian and by our conversations years ago um, in those kinds of one-on-one talks. So it was always something that I always pondered about and thought about, but it was never, you know, that you knew that that would happen. So yeah. Yeah. And talk about your kids. So Erilyn's on stage and she's hugging Kate. That was so sweet. And the boys are there. Like yeah. what, what was going through their minds? What did they say? after? Yeah. That? So Erilyn is such a, cause she, she, you know, Erilyn as a, as a nine-year-old understands what a nine-year-old understands. And so, but she knows that I'm being voted on for lead pastor. We've been talking about it cause I've been interviewing with the board and the elders for weeks. It's been, this has all been happening since Brian announced his retirement from pastoral ministry. So we've been talking about it as a family. And so she's been excited again, as a nine-year-old, like, what does this mean? And, you know, and honestly, like we, we have known this, I'll come back to the kids in a minute, but like Mm -hmm. Kate and I have felt and known that I'm called to lead a church. I've just felt that strongly for four or five years. And our family, we felt like if, if it's here, that's our preference, but if it's not, then we're going to look to God to lead us to where it will be. Like we all as a family, we're just resolved. Like I'm called to lead a church. I believe that. And so if it's not GT, then that would suggest it's somewhere else. And so it would have just put our family in a new season of seeking God to say, well, God, what is next? Mm-hmm. You know, so we've all been, our, our, we've talked to our kids about that and 
um, I told, I remember where I was when I told my boys, you know, about that. We were actually on a ski lift. I took my boys skiing and just, you know, you're just looking for the right time with teenage boys. Like when we talk about this. And so I was, we were going up the mountain one at a time. I just had the conversation like, Hey, I just need to tell you something. Uh, Pastor Brian has announced his retirement and it's likely that I'll be interviewed as the next lead pastor. However, um, we felt called to lead a church. And if it's not here, it may be somewhere else. And, you know, that's a, you know, the boys are locked into their friend groups and their school and sports, and they want to stay here. But again, they're like, well, you know, we're with you, dad, you know? So, so Erin, when we got home from church on Sunday, she literally ran to her little device and called her friend Reese because it meant we were staying, right? Like that's what it, for my family now on this side of it, it meant that we're staying here. And so she called her best friend Reese and she's like, my dad's lead pastor, my dad's lead pastor, my dad's lead, like just like excitedly saying, we're not moving, we're not moving, we're staying, my dad's lead pastor, you know? So it was so cute. And the boys, you know, they just, I mean, they, they gave me big bear hugs, you know, the boys, the teenage boys, they don't, they're a men, <clears throat> men of few words, but they're really excited too. And oh, yeah, it's, it's surreal for all of us, you know? Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment on Sunday or even over the last couple of weeks as you thought like this, this could be real, this is happening where you had like a, oh, wow moment? I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, there's been two. So the interview process, as I said on Sunday was, I felt very helpful and healthy and mm -hmm. I appreciated it when it, when it first started, I'm like, uh, again, your flesh side, you're like, y'all know me. Like I've been here 16 years. I've been interviewing for 16 years, like, but it was a really good process just to like, kind of slow down. Mm. You know, Brian, when he announced his retirement from this season of ministry, and it kind of was a short timeline. And so it all felt a little bit like hurried. And so when we started to sit down and talk, it just allowed us for me to slow down and to really pray mm -hmm. and think about the future. And, um, there were two moments where it was like, wow, like this is really happening. You know, the interviews do that in you. But then when, um, when I met with the, an elder and two deacons on a Friday, when they were telling me that when they were going to tell me that they're going to submit my name as the candidate, that was a wow moment. Cause you know, they, I think they handled the interview process very appropriately and they never told me what, if they were leaning one way or the other. So it, it felt us in a sense, like I'm, man, I'm, I felt like I was interviewing at any church because they, they held it, they did it very professionally and very honestly, but they weren't like, Hey, just so you know, Scott, this is just formality. Like it was not that at all. It was like, I felt like I was interviewing for the rest of my life. Like it felt real, you know? And so I didn't, they didn't lead in some sense, like, Hey, just so you know, like we're, you're going to be the guy that was never said. So when I had a zoom call with them on, on a Friday after the, the interviews. And when they told me there was, it was kind of like a, like a sense of relief, like, okay, that they said, you know, we've unanimously agreed that, that we're going to submit your name to the membership as the candidate for lead pastor. That was like, I was excited. And that was a moment, like that was a really powerful moment for me, just like surreal, but emotional and, and relieving at the same time. And then the other one, which was really kind of affirming to me was when Stephen announced it to the church mm. on that Sunday morning, that was very, and I, I, Kate and I were like, 
do I want to be in the room? Because, <laughs> you know, again, you, you just have so many, your brain doesn't shut off. Like my brain literally didn't turn off for weeks. And, um, and I was like, if, if I'm in the room and you can hear a pin drop, I don't want to be in the room. <laughs> like, right. like if, if they announce it, that Scott Kramer is going to be the candidate for lead pastor. And it's like this anemic, like, or, if, or I wasn't thinking about a boo, but like, if it's like this anemic, like, uh, like, I don't right, want right. to be, I want to be in the back room, like hiding, like, yeah. you know, I don't want to be in the room, but if there's a, an affirming applause, then I would like to be in there. I mean, just yeah. let's face it. We all would want to be in that room. So I'm like, I'm just going to walk out. I want to be in the room and I want to be in that moment. And so I was sitting along the back wall and that was a really affirming moment or encouraging because the church was very encouraging in the way that they responded. Yeah loud cheers um and so that was that was a surreal moment like wow this is this is actually happening like i felt mm -hmm. very encouraged loved affirmed and humbled you know all at the same time like yeah so it's been it's been and probably the one one of the emotions i feel the most is just humbling it's humbling you know like that god would have chosen me 18 and a half years ago like that god would have called me you know out of what i was doing and into a life of ministry that I had no idea where it was going back then. No idea, you know? Oh, yeah. Same for anybody that gets called a ministry. We don't know what we're signing up for. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Why am yeah. I even saying yes to this, you know? I know, right? Yes, I am. Same experience, yeah. So. Some people all the time who are like, I would love to work at the church. I'm like, no, there's, there's a very real side to to yeah. all of the things and yeah. so yeah yeah and then Sunday morning just walking onto the platform was like before I preached the message where the church will vote that afternoon that was a really like humbling moment like just a sobering moment like man like I just want to share my heart I just want to just unpack like what's in my heart like what's most important to Scott Kramer like I said you, you know you have a right to know what's under the hood of mm -hmm. of the pastor that you're gonna you will or won't hire this afternoon like you have a right to know like what what makes me tick so that was a really like important moment for me just to to stand before the church and to say this is what matters most to me so that was a, that was a good moment you said this earlier but I, I i thought it was so true and i was thinking about it as you were preaching on sunday none of the things you said were a surprise because mm -hmm. you have lived out your unwavering commitment you know, yeah. those unwavering four commitments, you mm -hmm. really, really have them out and even, or live them out. And even the one where you said at the end, you know, about prayer, like that's not always been a strong suit for you, but it's something that you've been committed to for the past, you know, yeah. however many months in a specific mm -hmm. way, in a very specific right. way. And, um, you know, you've really just ramped up your, your game with your prayer life and, um, yeah seeing the significance in that um for our church and personally and so yeah. i love that i think it was it i was thinking oh my goodness how is scott going in 35 minutes which is the amount of time you have how are you going to kick off a new series red letter challenge <laughs> and yeah. candidate right like talk about your unwavering comments yeah. and you did it because well i'm not even going to say it for you why was that easy for you why was it wasn't easy for me? Well, I mean, I remember you saying, "Yeah, this is a perfect week when you're keeping." It's a perfect red letter. Yeah, that's week. fair. It's a perfect week because I get to talk about the words and works of Jesus. Like that's that's easy for me. Like it. Right. That's why it fit because 
we're, we're launching a new series on the words and works of Jesus. And that's what my life is about. So that's why it was easy. Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't Absolutely. mean it was easy to do it. I'm just no, saying. Like, I felt like this is a, this is a lot. It feels like a lot of pressure. Like when I walked on the stage and that whole morning, I just felt at ease. And again, I've been coming in early and praying like that just sets my spirit in the right place. But mm-hmm. it, the preparation, I'm like, I just want to make sure that I, it was both like, this yeah. is what's important to Scott. This is who I am. But mm-hmm. I also want to like, this is a, this is a great series. I'm excited about this and I want our church to be excited about this. And so you want to marry those two really well. So well, you did. It was Hopefully phenomenal. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you talked about the four commitments and for those who missed Scott's message, please go back and watch it because it was, it was really powerful, but you talked about your four commitments. You talked about an unwavering commitment to God's word and mm-hmm. its priority in our church and in our lives. You talked about an unwavering commitment to God's son, Jesus Christ, and his lordship in our church and in our lives. And you talked about an unwavering commitment to God's spirit and his leadership in our church and in our lives. And then that last one we just talked about is an unwavering yeah. commitment to prayer and its place and its place in our church and in our lives. And yeah. um, But talk a little bit, um, not but, and talk a little bit about, um, if you could say some more, just about your vision um, for GT in, from, in a practical standpoint, those were commitments, but like, where do you see things changing? What do you see GT like in five years? What would you hope GT looks like? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I said, I, a lot of it I said on Sundays, but I'll say it again. Like I want to lead a church where people are passionate about those things. Cause I believe that all of the ministries that we do from kids to adults, senior adults, like all of those things should become, be an outflow like mm-hmm. the, the outflow of what God is doing in us in those areas. When we are committed wholeheartedly to the word of God, to the son of God, to the spirit of God and to prayer, like I think that lays the proper foundation for um, what this church builds on. You know, again, I, I didn't say this on Sunday and I just, it was like, oh, I don't know if I, it's going to come out right. Sometimes you want to say something, but you're not sure you'll say it right. So I didn't. But I want to say here, like none of those things were, I was saying, because I feel like we haven't been doing those things, but I just felt like I'm just sharing what's important to me, right? Like this is the foundation as an, as a new lead pastor, this is the foundation I want to build on. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So when you ask about, because people have asked me like five, 10 years, like, and to be fair, like I, that those are some of those decisions we make in concert with the staff, with the board, the elders, like, where are we going to be? What will we be doing? Like, I have ideas and thoughts about what that looks like. I believe we're a multi-site church. I believe we want to have an impact in Kutztown. I'm super excited about that. I believe that we have an, a unique opportunity as a, a well-resourced church to impact our city. You know, I have a heart for the city of Reading. I, I, I love the city. I love the people of the city and I have a heart. I mean, I've developed a close relationship with Rick Perez in Reading High Basketball. And so I've connected with, I've been at the high school many times and just being in that environment, you're like, you just develop your heart kind of, leans and mm. and our, our our local partnerships are in the city like i just i could see us someday maybe having a, a campus in this i don't know what that looks like the city though we just i think we have a lot to offer as a church yeah. you know in the multi-siding world again i don't know what that looks like but it all starts with like a people at gt that are on fire for jesus like people that are coming expecting god to move and building their lives like and when you said how do you marry those two like the it's your candidating Sunday, but it's a new series. When I, when I was writing the message, it, it came, it became really easy. Like it was hard, but then it became easy. When I realized. Yeah. I told you it was easy. Yeah. 
Because when I when I when I wrote the points of an unwavering commitment of God's word and its priority in our church and in our lives, that's when I'm like, oh, this is so easy. Yep. Because I didn't want to preach a message that was only about the corporate church. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, this is still a Sunday morning. And there are people here who need to be fed, who need to hear from God, whose life God wants to change. I started on Easter, like God doesn't take a week off. Like God wants to change somebody's life now. Right. And when when I went from thinking it's just a corporate message about the the church and what is Scott's vision for the church to, this is still Sunday morning. And mm-hmm. God wants these four commitments, not just in our church, but in every one of our lives. Mm-hmm. That was when like, it just clicked, like, that's it, God. Like yeah. it's all, it's about our church, but about, and in our lives. And so when I, when I realized if I just tag on and in our lives, mm-hmm. it became really easy. I'm like, this is so easy to preach this. Cause it's, cause it's what I want our church to be. Like, I want to, I said on Sunday, I want to pastor a people in a church that loves those things. Because yeah. we love those things and we we go after those things, let we'll hear from God. We, we will be in sync with the Holy Spirit and know where the Holy Spirit's leading us into the future. So. Oh my God. Okay, I'm getting emotional. I don't know if you can see, but can I tell you why? Go ahead. Because you actually said that on Sunday. You talked about when these things happen, we be a, we become a conduit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when my brother he actually commented in the in the chat that um, Scott Kramer, Pastor Scott has been a conduit in my life, right? But but listen to this, right? So he typed that and I just made the connection now as you're speaking. That he shared with me, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. So this is my brother who struggles with depression, mm-hmm. who several weeks ago, about a month ago, was ready to take his life. Wow. Planning to take his life. Okay. So God has been doing oh some gosh. incredible things in his life. Okay. <laughs> so he says, Pastor Scott has been doing a conduit, been, been a conduit in my life and led me to Jesus, right? But then what happened is two days ago, someone that he works with is an atheist. He was able to talk to this guy that he works with about what God has been doing in his life and how God has been just helping him to see that sorrow is a part of this life, right? That's kind of holding joy and sorrow. We've talked about this at the same life is holding joy and sorrow in your hands at the same simultaneously, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the cross and the resurrection. That is life. Yeah. And that 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 suffering actually leads us many times closer to Jesus, closer to the heart of God and that God is God of all comfort. And so he's sharing these things with this coworker and the coworker who has been completely closed off to the things of God is now going, Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Right. So now you've been a conduit in my brother's life and my brother is now being a conduit in Mm -hmm. other people's lives. Right. And as a, he calls himself, he's in the NICU of, of following <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah, right, right. But still, right? Like God doesn't wait to use yeah. us. Our right. stories matter. And so everything that you're saying, right, if we are on fire because we are so connected, and this week I'm excited because your message, you're going to be talking about being mm-hmm. with Jesus, connected to the vine. Yeah. When we are connected to the vine, we can't help but impact the world around us and fulfill the tag your it great commission that Jesus called us to when he was leaving this earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Oh my word. And that, again, those are the things that are humbling. Like you just, God, you're using me, you're using my gifts. And I think for everybody listening, like when we turn it over, when we say, God, 
I want to be a conduit. Like just you have access to me. I'm available to be used in whatever fashion I can be used because there's that your brother's coworker, none of us can reach him. Like, That's right. I don't even know him. But when God works through us and when God starts to work through our church and continues to work through our church and our people being conduits of his grace and his love and his mercy and his power in the world, man, what could happen? You know, yeah. what could happen in Berks and beyond if our church just, and again, we're one of many churches that are wanting the same thing. So Absolutely. when the yeah. church, the big C church um, comes, gets on fire for God and gets hungry for his word and hungry for Christ's lordship, that's a big deal for me, like the lordship of Christ, because so many people follow Jesus, you know, in, in word, but they, they truly aren't living under his lordship. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we also need to just continue to call people up and yeah. challenge people in surrender. You know, it connects to what I shared on Easter. Like when we surrender, we're surrendering not just an aspect of who we are, but all of us yeah. in my entire being, I surrender to Christ and his Lordship in my life. And so that to me is what I long for, for our church is that we are together as a body of Christ saying we surrender to the Lordship of Christ, the leadership of the spirit to prayer and to his word. So, man, I'm so excited about that. And those things, I, I my my heart is, my hope is that I can, continue to underscore those themes throughout this whole red letter series like i want to keep going back to that that message the four unwavering commitments as we walk through each sunday of the red letter challenge just to underscore those things in our lives so it's going to be so good i want i actually have the um intro section here have something highlighted um, Zach, who is actually going to be a guest on our podcast, Zach Zender, who wrote the Red Letter Challenge, is going to be a guest on our podcast next week. Um, he he writes in here, why does the world around us and the life we live not look anything like the reality Jesus talked about? Mm-hmm. Why is there no significant difference between the lives of those who call themselves Christians and the rest of the world? What kind of witness can we be in this world if we simply look the same as everyone else? If we're a poor representation of who God is, then what needs to change? What can we do? Rather than shrugging it off, isn't it time to change people's perceptions about followers mm-hmm. of Jesus? Yeah. And then he reads from the Sermon on the Mount um, because he says, so I was trying to figure out as a, he was is a pastor at a church yep. and he's like, I'm trying to figure out like, how do we do this? Like, what does this look like? And, you know, is there a book or a resource that we could mm-hmm. go to? And he realized, yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> it's called yeah. the Bible, the source that you talked mm-hmm. about. Right. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he says, Jesus finishes the sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached by saying this in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them mm-hmm. into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew against and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain mm-hmm. came down, the streams mm-hmm. rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is saying, if you want your ha- your house to stand up, practice what I'm preaching, do what I say. Yeah. So good. So good. I love that phrase and puts them into practice. Yes. You know, we said on Sunday, hold to my teaching, like the, the constant exhortation from Jesus and the rest of the New Testament is to keep his words, hold them closely, put them in our hearts and put them into practice. Yeah. It changes everything when we do that. 
It does. And it's not, I think we need to acknowledge, and we did talk about this last week, but it's not a once and done, done thing, is it? Right. We it's all not, have no. struggles. We all have sin in our lives. We all have issues. We've, we, none of us, pastors for 50 years, does not matter. Like we are all on a journey and every day it's surrendering. It's waving the white flag and it's saying, okay, today I choose yeah. to put your words into practice, Jesus. And is it going to be, is life going to be perfect and easy now that, oh, now we're reading the red letters of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Not, right? Perfect, right, no. No, you, and, you know, up. if, um, and if anybody struggles with that, just read Romans 7, where Paul, mm -hmm. the apostle, very transparently shares his own struggle with sin. Again, this is never giving a license to sin. It's but it's a struggle. Like the, the very fact that you're struggling, if you're struggling with sin right now, it reminds you that you are a child of God, because if you weren't a child of God, you wouldn't be struggling with it. You'd just be enjoying the world and your flesh and oh, everything. Yeah. But the fact that, that you feel conviction and you're wrestling with it and you're conflicted about it and you're struggling with it, the struggle is evidence of your, your sonship or daughtership of the King. Like that's the evidence that you love Jesus and you want to do better. Yeah. And with his help and with the spirit of God, you can. And yeah. he does want us to live victorious lives in Christ, but we don't always get it right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, I think we talk about being born again as if it's a moment in time, right? Like, okay, I made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm born again. But I say, I, I try to live my life and say to myself, every day I am being born again. I am being remade into the image of God, right? Like every, mm -hmm. at the end of every day, I stop and I examine my day. And I like, how did I do? You know, yeah. did I live loved? And is there anything that I did today that, that, you know, was, was not living out the, the red letters of Jesus? And then, okay, no condemnation. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world. I came to rescue the world, to save yeah, the world. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. And so he give, gave us the most incredible grace. Like there's no more grace that he could give. Sometimes we need to give that to ourselves, forgive ourselves. His mercies are new every morning wake up in the morning today i commit to surrender to you to the lordship of you yeah. Jesus. Yeah. i commit to live out and practice you know what what you what you taught and yeah. the mm. daily thing and we blow it all the time right every day every day we choose it and every day we blow it yeah that's right and then yeah. we just go back to the foot of the cross yeah. and that's where we find grace and mercy and redemption right it's the kindness yeah. kindness of jesus that leads us to repent i love that yeah me too me too yeah. Well, this is so good. So here's what I want to do in, uh, you know, keeping with tradition. I know that you said that prayer has not always been in your where wheelhouse. Now you didn't mean you didn't use to pray, right? Right. You know, when I got home, let me just give you a little, when I get home, Kate's like, I don't know if I would have said that because <laughs> she's like, it, it could have caused people to think that before September, you weren't a prayer. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I didn't, I don't think I said that. Like, I think it was clear. Like, I just, I felt like God wanted to renovate my commitments of prayer <laughs> that's right yeah. and can you just affirm that like just say honestly i think that was probably one of the most powerful things you said because when when people see sometimes people put people put pastors on a pedestal mm -hmm. sure right? yeah. and assume that they've got every their family life is perfect their prayer life is perfect they don't have any sin they don't struggle with anything everything is peachy keen but when a pastor says this has not been one of my strengths and it's something that I've been working on mm -hmm. that, that makes it feel like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm, it, this is, this faith journey is attainable, right? Like mm -hmm. I can not be perfect and still love Jesus. 
yeah. right? And, and be on a journey. And so yeah. I love that you said that. I think it was very helpful. Um, and it's also, you didn't say, I, you know, I just am terrible at praying. Right. You left it that you just said, that's not always been a strength of mine. Right. But here's what's happened and here's where God has brought me. So I'd love for you to just wrap that up. And then would you pray for us? Sure. And let me wrap it up with scripture because Paul said this too in, I think it's First Thessalonians. He said, pray without ceasing. Because mm. sometimes I think in the Christian world, we can be hard on ourselves. If I didn't block out this chunk of time every day, like I didn't have 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, whatever in your world fits. And we didn't have like this dedicated, focused intercession and prayer time. Yeah. But the Bible actually invites us to pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean we don't leave our homes. We don't eat meals. We don't have a job. We don't, we just lock ourselves in we sleep. We wake up, we pray all day and we go back to sleep. Like that's obviously not what Paul is exhorting us to when he says pray without ceasing. I think, I believe that he's inviting us to commune with Christ all day. Yeah. Think of it this way. Like if you're, if you, if I'm, if we drive to Georgia to visit my brother and I'm in the van with my wife and I ignore her all day for 12 hours while we drive, like that's weird. Yeah. Yet the spirit of God lives in me. Jesus Christ is with me at all times. So we oftentimes ignore his presence in our lives all day long. And I think when Paul says pray without ceasing, he's reminding us that you have access all day long to the father in heaven through Jesus Christ by the spirit of God in us. Like do it all day, 30 yeah. second prayers here and just be in an, in a constant state of awareness that Christ is with you all day. And he is by your side, he's in you by a spirit, and you can commune and abide with Christ all day long, pray without ceasing, just talking to God all day about your day. And, and that can be freeing for so many of us. Like where, where I've grown and gotten better at is having dedicated prayer time, but I'm also just awareness of God's presence all day, every day, you know. You are his beloved, right? You are his beloved and he loves to hear your voice, right? Your heavenly father, think about it. If you're a parent, you you love to hear. Well, sometimes <laughs> you love to hear the voice of your children. Sometimes True. you prefer not to, but, but honestly, right? Like just, it's so good. And I think in the world that we live in right now, there's, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot. Everybody knows. I don't need to go on, right? But I, I have found something that's been so helpful for me is taking time to, again, savor moments, right? When I look outside and I see the blue sky to just stop and quickly say, wow, yeah. that's the picture you painted for me today, God. I'm savoring this. I'm thankful. The more we do that throughout the day, it changes our attitude. It changes our perspective because it's like that gratitude check, right? We all need yeah. those gratitude checks. And that really does, it, it does a, a, it does a lot for your, yeah. Your it makes a huge goal. difference to live out of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Huge yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Let me pray for us as we wrap. Yeah. Father, thank you for um, this day. Thank you for this moment and for these moments. God, help us all to, uh, at, at the proper times, slow our lives down and, um, and be still and know that you are God in our lives, whether these are people are having good days or difficult days. We, we are invited by you to slow down to slow the roll, to enjoy your presence in our lives, to be aware of your presence in our lives and, and to savor moments in our lives. And God, I, I thank you personally for this moment in my life, for our family, for the 
the very humbling opportunity to lead a, an amazing church. What a joy, what a privilege it is. And, um, and it's a humbling thing, God. And I, I pray that you would enable me to do it to the best of my ability. I thank you for the, the teams that we have, all of our, our volunteers and leaders that serve in this church, for our staff, for our board, our elders, and for the, the body, for each person who calls GT home so grateful for them and we love them, God. And I just pray that together we would believe for a move of God at GT, that we are trusting and believing that God, you want to do great things that our best days are ahead and that you want to redeem and restore. That's God, what, it's always the mission of God to redeem and restore human lives and to set people free, to help people come to know Christ as their Lord and savior and to live under his lordship, to be led by the spirit to fall in love with your word and to be people of prayer. And so God, would you let that become a reality in our church? We all want to be part of a move of God and we are excited to see what you will do at GT uh, to, to redeem and restore. So bless us today, bless every listener. Whenever they listen to this, let them sense your nearness and become aware of your presence in their lives that we would all be conduits of your grace to others. In Jesus name we pray, amen. 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 Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. One of the things I remember you talking about so passionately on Sunday was getting in the game, right? Encouraging mm -hmm. the followers of Jesus to get in the game and there are yeah. tons of ways to serve at GT, right? Some, some are online and some are in person. There are kids ministry, student ministry, guest services, worship. There's so many different areas for you to be a part of the mission of God so that we can mm -hmm. continue to reach people and grow together in Christ. Um, you had said on Sunday, all you need to do, email serve at gt at, I'm sorry, serve at gtaog.org. And Kim Geddes will get you in mm -hmm. touch with, um, sit down with somebody, talk about uh, what it looks like for you, help you find your fit in the kingdom of God, because it is incredible, life-changing experience and incredible adventure yeah. to, on, to partner with God to, to um, yeah, to reach people. And that's mm -hmm. awesome. So thank you for that. Um, again, if you missed Scott's message from this past Sunday, go back and watch it. You can watch it on our website or our YouTube channel. And don't forget to download the GT Church podcast so you don't miss out on any of our sermons or our Growing Together episodes. Speaking of not missing out, join us next week when I interview our special guest, Zach Zender, author of the Red Letter Challenge. He's going to help us unpack what it looks like to be with Jesus. Um, thanks again for joining us today. I'll see you next week for our Growing Together podcast.